Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. If you're applying to medical school in 2022 to start medical school in 2023, join me Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, or Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern at premedworkshop.com. Go register today. I'm going to show you how to tell your story in your application. Again, that's premedworkshop.com. If you are applying to medical school in 2022, be there or be square. You're listening to the Medical School HQ podcast online at medicalschoolhq.net. Session number 13. Hello, and welcome back to another session here at the Medical School HQ Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gray, and we are the podcast about medical school. From the pre-med process through residency, we hope to take your knowledge of becoming a physician to the next level. Today, I have another great interview for you. I first want to apologize if my voice sounds a little weird. I am battling a little cold, so I wanted to record this anyway to, to get the episode out on time. After our last podcast about shadowing, we got an interesting voicemail from Laura, and I'll play that for you now. Hello, my name is Laura. I'm currently a third-year biomedical PhD student um, with a concentrate in cardiac physiology. When I finish up, I'm interested in going to med school. one of the issues that you brought up in your recent podcast in regards to um, shadowing um, poses a problem for me to develop a, a relationship with the physician because I'm in lab for so long during the day, um, 10 to 12 hours during the day, and then at home I need to catch up on journal articles. Um, my question is for individuals that can only... Um, shadow on Saturdays, what kind of route they would be able to go to to develop a um, relationship with a physician. Uh, thank you. That's a good question and, and something we probably should have hit on a little bit more during the uh, session 12. And uh, I actually got this question in an email form and I, I asked Laura to call into the, the podcast because I thought that uh, The answer that I gave her was useful for many people and not just for her, so I wanted to share that information on the podcast. And the answer that I gave her was, while not ideal, there are opportunities on weekends. Obviously, hospitals are open 24-7, and 
you can shadow in an emergency room at a hospital if they'll let you. And most of them are very open to bringing in students and shadowers. So that's just a matter of reaching out to the local hospital. You can also find there there are doctor's offices that are open on weekends. Um, it's few and far between, but there are some. So if there are some in your area, you can look around for that. And there's also obviously walk-in clinics. Walk-in clinics typically will have weekend hours because that's their job is to fill in where other offices are closed. And so if you call to the walk-in clinics and let them know what your plans are that you want to shadow and and go to medical school, find out if they'll take you on uh, as uh, a possible shadow. And then the other option that I thought about was less of an acute care scenario where you're in the emergency room or in a walk-in clinic. A lot of hospitals have hospitalists now, kind of a new specialty that's been born in recent years. And hospitalists will work on weekends and round on the patients and, and take care of them. And that's another great opportunity to see a lot of, a lot of medicine you're not seeing the acute things like you would see in the ER. You're kind of seeing the the after effects of being admitted into the hospital and being taken care of, whether or not they're uh, kind of chronically ill patients or post-op patients or whatever. All, all hospitals divvy up the work differently. But that's another good opportunity to see a variety of patients and be able to do it on the weekends. And if you're able to do it over, obviously... Uh, a couple months where you're able to shadow the same physician on the weekend, then you can build those relationships that, that we talk about here. So I hope that helps and answers your question, Laura, and I hope that helps other people out there. I do have an excellent interview with Dr. German. She is the dean of the University of Central Florida's College of Medicine. And after talking to her, I almost had this desire to go back to med school and and go to UCF because she talks uh, about a lot of passion and and bringing out passion in her students. And we talked a lot about that during the interview. And one of the things that we started to talk about was the types of students that UCF likes. We're looking for students who strive for excellence and who have um, the... We have we want students who have heads that are that work very very bright <laughs> students who have a heart for medicine and who have a pioneering entrepreneurial spirit and uh, uh, have the spirit of inquiry curiosity about medicine and about many things. That's that's interesting. You mentioned the the entrepreneurial spirit. How do you? How do you define that, or how do you filter that out through the application process? Students who aren't afraid to be part of a startup. Okay. And you can see, you you can look at a student's um, resume and see if they've built things themselves. Okay. We're looking for leaders. We intend to be a, 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 you know, one of this century's best medical schools. So we're looking for medical students who are leaders. Okay. The 
the AAMC data shows that only 91.1% of students with a 3.8 plus GPA and a 39 plus MCAT score are accepted into medical school. Where do you think that other 8.9% of students go? Where are they missing in their application? That's an unusual question. <laughs> well, they obviously have the, I mean, if we talk about all the qualities that we look for in a physician, they obviously have two that you just quoted. They just mm. must lack the others. Okay. So you think they're weeded out probably during the interview process? Well, I didn't say that. I I just said that they lack the other qualities and they can be weeded out at any any stage of the process if if their personal statement shows a lack of some quality that the school is looking for, they could be weeded out at that level. Mm-hmm. Um if a letter of recommendation says something about them that would lead someone to believe that they wouldn't. I mean, it's not just the interview. There are lots of ways to determine these things. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more more about UCF. The facilities there look spectacular, and I'm kind of jealous. I think in the initial uh, conversations with you, I said that I I had gone to undergrad at University of Florida, and when I was uh, in my application process, uh, I would have loved more uh, Florida state schools to apply to. Um, But obviously it was before UCF was around. Can you tell us a little bit more about the medical city over at Lake Nona? Well, we have, um, you know, 7,000 acres of land, 700 of which will become the new medical city. We are adjacent to the Orlando International Airport, which is already a global destination for tourism. And we are trying to build the century's best medical city. The medical school was approved in 2006, and the medical school serves as an anchor. Um, and with um, the other partners who have joined, our, we are attracting others. So we have a, a, a children's hospital. The Nemours Children's Hospital has opened its doors in October. We have what will be, I think, the second largest VA hospital, which is being built, and it it will open in about a year. Um, we have the Sanford Burnham Biomedical Research Institute, which is the East Coast branch of the, uh, the one in La Jolla, California. And the University of Florida has built a research uh, and education building uh, branch of their pharmacy school in the medical city. And there are other partners coming. And, of course, our campus, the UCF um, University of Central Florida Health Sciences campus is here. Okay. And looking at pictures, I mean, it, it looks absolutely beautiful, your facility. So. It is. We, we've won some architectural design awards, and um, we've had visitors from all over the world coming to see the facility. So we, we, we are very, very fortunate. We worked very hard uh, designing this this facility as well. And have you been, you've been involved kind of from the get-go? Yes, I was the first employee, the first person hired. Oh, wow. That's uh, quite an accomplishment. Um, well, we're still working on it. <laughs> yeah. It's not over yet. 
Yeah. Uh, how do you think it's gone? Obviously, you said your your first class is graduating uh, this year. How how do you think it's gone these four years? What? Uh, oh, yeah, I'll ask that. How do you think it's gone? Um, I'm pleased with our progress. Uh, we have a we have great students, absolutely great students, and wonderful faculty. Um, they did very well on the uh, USMLE um, scoring above the national mean, which means our school did better than half of the medical schools or more than half of the medical schools in the country. So we're real pleased with our students' performance. And, oh, there are all kinds of things that I could point to. They're doing international trips. They just recently opened a free clinic. So the students are doing a lot of things. Every student does research. And there's a new online medical journal. Uh, Their site is called Curious, C-U-R-E-U-S. And this year they had their first global competition for student research for medical students, residents, and graduate students. And the um, the medical school that won that competition was UCF. We had more research submissions by students than any other uh, medical school in the world. I think Al Faisal University in Saudi Arabia was second, and schools like Stanford and Duke were. you know, in the pack behind. And they actually threw a party here last week for us uh, to celebrate our, uh, our success. So we, our school is emerging. It's, you know, it's brand new. Like I say, we haven't graduated our first class yet, uh, but we feel as though we're doing a good job and our students are happy and we think doing well. I mean, there are lots of things that remain in our future. The match is coming up and the graduation is coming up. So, uh, I, I, you know, I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch, but I'm pleased with our progress and hope that we will continue to have the same success that we've had so far. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And, uh, I mean, I'll have to look at that journal. I haven't seen that before. Um, what are some of the biggest obstacles that you guys have faced as a new medical school? Hmm, that's a good question. Um Well, I mean, funding is always an obstacle, but I, I think at UCF we don't we don't look for obstacles. We look for opportunities, and so when you ask a question like that, it's hard to answer because if we're trying to do something and we're challenged. We, we tend to look at the challenge as an opportunity for us to try to find a better way to do what we're doing. So I, I, I don't think I can really answer what are the obstacles. I mean, I guess you could say, you know, funding is an obstacle, time is an obstacle, but they're not obstacles. They're just opportunities to do it better. Every time you're pressured to do something in a way that's different than you planned, you you get stronger and smarter. So I don't think there are any obstacles, only opportunities. Okay. I like that answer. What uh, what kind of curriculum do you have at UCF? Is it a more of a uh, traditional-based curriculum, or is it a systems-based? It is. It it is an integrated curriculum where clinical work starts in the first year, it's integrated uh, with uh, basic and clinical science throughout all four years. Research is required of every student, 
uh, and it, the the research effort is the first, happens in the first two years and can be continued through all four years of medical school. And we use technology in many ways to assist the education of our students. Technology like what? Can you give an example? Simulation, virtual patients, uh, standardized patients uh, with a mix of, of technology and, and um, you know, live, uh, live patient interactions. Um, we use technology in our assessment system. We have a, an assessment system. We use technology in our curricular map. So in every, every possible way. Okay. The I think the the number now is ten thousand people every day are turning sixty five. Your your current class is a hundred. Do you have any plans of increasing that, or it's too yes, soon? Yes, we're admitting one hundred and twenty in the fall, and then we'll stay at one hundred and twenty. Okay, so one twenty is the plan moving forward. That was what that was what we promised our legislature okay. in two thousand and six. Okay. It seems like, uh, and I'm still pretty new at uh, this, researching and going back and looking more at medical schools. Uh, it's kind of fun looking back and learning all this stuff over again. But from what it looks like, it looks like there are a lot of new schools in the works. And I don't know if that's normal that there's always these number of schools in the no, works. There, no, um, when, when our school was approved in 2006, my understanding is that there had not been a, a new school completely from scratch since for 30 years. Uh, Florida State Medical School, which was five years earlier than, than ours, um, was the only new school that had been approved in the last 25 years. And they had already had in place uh, what they called a program in medical sciences, a PIMS program, where students did the first two years of medical school and then uh, went to a different a different medical school for the clinical training. Yeah, I remember so this, that. So these new medical schools are are truly new, um, at least for for thir- like I said for thirty years, except for Florida State, there had not been a new school. And I'm assuming it's in response to the the need for physicians, but why? It seems like maybe it's a knee-jerk reaction. We're a little behind the, the curve in getting these schools up and running. Why do you think it's taken so long? I think that I know that um, up until uh, just a few years before the, the, these new schools came in, there was a sense that there were too many doctors. And then some studies came out to show that there were not enough. And I think the combination of there not being enough physicians and the fact that universities wanted to have medical schools because medical schools are, are uh, in addition to providing, you know, a, a, an educational program for future physicians, they also attract a different kind of scientist than a university without a medical school generally attracts. And I think universities would like to have medical schools as well. And for communities, if a medical school is built properly, it can be an economic uh, driver. Okay. So there are lots of reasons to build new medical schools, but hopefully the most important reason is that we need to address healthcare nationally. Yeah, I would agree. Do you have any sense of 
the your graduating class uh as far as what types of residencies that they're applying for all all different kinds and and our goal is that that they will do the thing that they love doing because that will uh they'll make their greatest contribution to humanity if they're doing what they have passion for you're you're giving great answers i love these answers <laughs> Well, it's just what I think. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's that's perfect. I wish uh, I wish more people thought like you because it it sounds like it, it, you obviously have a passion for what you're doing and and you can hear it. But uh, being the leader down there and having that passion and and passing that passion on to your students and and your faculty is um, probably probably what drives them to win these competitions with the journal and, and what they're doing out in the community with their free clinic and other great things. That's probably a trickle down effect from, from you and your leadership. So, well, thank you very much. I, I tell the applicants, I meet with every group of applicants to this medical school and they tell me that not very many deans or no deans do that. And I tell them that just like every other medical school, we're looking for students who have heads that work and a heart for medicine, but that we're looking for something more. We're looking for students who want to roll up their sleeves and as they're learning medicine, want to make a difference and help us build an answer to the problems that we have in our society and, you know, work shoulder to shoulder with the faculty to do that. And I also tell them that if they are one of the lucky ones and they get a letter uh, inviting them to join the class, and if when they open that letter they have a, a reservation or a, a kind of a worry because we're out, we are a new school, I tell them that if they have that feeling, they should turn us down because we can fill our class many times over with bright and talented students, and we really don't have any room for anybody who isn't all in who isn't passionate about medicine and about their future. And the other thing I tell my students, my applicants and my students is this, when they interview, I say that there are many different flavors of medical schools. Some are interested in primary care, some are interested in research, and that we don't have a flavor because I think it's irresponsible of a medical school to recruit people to be a particular kind of doctor, because I do believe that each one of us makes our greatest contribution to mankind by doing the thing we love. And I don't think those entering medical school can fully know what they love in medicine until they've had a chance to experience it. So I tell them that they each get the opportunity to build a research project here, and they can build it in any area they want. They can do research in whatever gives them passion. And it is my hope that that research project will allow them to continue to feel the passion for medicine as they're learning medicine. And I, I, I notice in, in, out loud with them that they each bring a dream to medical school. And I think their dreams come in three categories. They're either dreaming about taking care of people one at a time, and those are our Mother Teresa's, or they're dreaming about curing cancer, eliminating obesity, eradicating infectious diseases, and those are our Nobel Prize winners. Or they're dreaming about 
global health, healthcare reform, health disparities, and those are our surgeons general. And I tell them that I'm built a medical school where Mother Teresa, Nobel Prize winner, and surgeons general can come together and share the enthusiasm they have for what they do, influence one another, and build on their passions so that when they leave here, they're even more passionate about what they want to do. And they'll go on to make the world a better place. And that's what I tell my students. And that's why we have the research program. It's about them exploring the things that they love and doing it in a way that is scholarly and that demonstrates inquiry and curiosity, which are key ingredients to being a good doctor. So that's 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 the foundation of our school. That's what I had in mind when I came here to build it. And so far, so good. <laughs> Very good. That's that's incredible. I, I mean, talking to you right now makes me want to go back to med school. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> and and for somebody that's been through medical school to say that they want to go back to med school, it's got to be pretty crazy. But it is crazy. <laughs> I think we needed to get a psychiatrist to take a look at you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's that again. That's that your personality just it's amazing. Well, thank you. My goodness. <laughs> um, I want to uh, talk a little bit more kind of general information. The, the listeners, uh, we kind of have a lot of pre-med students, some med students, um, but I want to try to offer them a little bit of information, some some nuggets for the pre-med kids that are getting ready to uh, apply next year. And it's I've had a lot of interaction with non-traditional students, and what always seems to happen is they talk about how they either didn't know they wanted to be a doctor when they initially started undergrad, or they knew they wanted to be a doctor and college life got the best of them and they didn't do very well. And they worry about their uh, GPA affecting their application and and basically getting filtered out um, through the, the application process when when UCF pulls all the AMCAS applications, obviously I'm, I'm assuming you guys have a, a filter that says anything below a certain GPA, certain MCAT, we, we don't even want to see it. Is that correct? Well, we look at everybody carefully. Um, I, I think that it's correct, but it's not a hundred percent correct. Yeah. Um, but the, my advice to those students, they, they talk about their struggles and they'll say, when I didn't have a clear path to what I wanted to do, I didn't get good grades. But then all of a sudden, I had this life-changing moment and look at me now. My grades are great, but when you combine it with my earlier efforts, they're not up to par. And my advice always to them is call the school that you really want to go to and talk to somebody and share your story. And it sounds like somebody like that calling UCF with what we just talked about, how you want somebody that doesn't just want I don't, to be... I, yes, yes and no. I don't want that person calling us. Our our team automatically looks at that. If you got four years of college and in your last two years you're a straight-A student and you bombed your first two, mm-hmm. that's a different kind of failure than a student who's, you know, got B's and C's and a couple of A's and hasn't done well 
did really poorly in the first two years and has done average in the next two years. I mean, we're looking for students who are really bright, and we're looking for students who are willing to put themselves aside for the needs of another. That's what a doctor does. It's about professionalism. is about caring for someone else almost more than you care for yourself. You stay up late because you, you need to take care of them. You, you're on call because you need to take care of them. So there are students who come to medicine late, and their records generally show it, and we can find them without them calling us. But there are also students who say they want to be doctors, but they don't want to work hard. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And if those students, I mean, they they can't delay their own gratification to, to work hard and get some really good grades. They're, they're probably not going to do well in medical school. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not interested in a student, you know, who really goofed off in the first year, few years of college and then was a B student or an A minus student, you know, in their last year. It doesn't show me. They, they, If they really do have a passion for medicine, that student needs to get a master's degree or get a Ph.D. and really show their commitment. Uh, because one of the things that we need to know is that a person is willing to make sac- some personal sacrifices for their dream. Okay. I, you know, I just think medicine is a different kind of profession than others because people's lives are at stake. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So it's a, you know, I think that those those students have a chance at a medical school like ours, but they're they they fall in different categories, and occasionally there are students who who just just don't want to do the real work that it takes to show to show the commitment. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that there's a perfect applicant for UCF? There is no perfect applicant because that's the whole point of UCF. Mm-hmm. Each applicant is an individual. And what we're interested in is is what the applicant brings to medicine. Now, the, the, the commonalities are that they're extremely bright, that they're extremely dedicated and hardworking. And maybe maybe that's what you mean by perfect applicant. But mm-hmm. I don't I wouldn't describe I wouldn't say that there is a perfect applicant. And I, I'd like I like our applicants to know, and I say this to them before they interview, that you know that you can be yourself at the interview because you are who we want to you know, we want to know. Okay. So don't pretend to be someone else or don't strive for some perfection that doesn't exist. Okay. Don't don't try to fit into a mold. No, that's the whole that's the whole problem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um what what one piece of advice uh kind of a a parting question. One what one piece of advice. I know it's kind of hard to generalize and we've kind of uh talked about a bunch of things, but if if you could offer maybe a, a high school senior out there. I've been getting a lot of emails from high school students. A uh, high school senior getting ready to go to college. What would you tell them to to start this journey on the right foot? I would say if you love it, give it everything you have and then some. And if you can't give it everything you have, that that think about that. Think about that indeed. Thank you, Dr. German, for 
some excellent advice that I think anybody can take and use. I, I think one of the biggest takeaways from this is the fact that if you struggle in school, then you have to do something to separate yourself from those grades. And separating yourself means showing your dedication, showing the admissions committees why you truly are dedicated and and why you truly want to become a physician. And as Dr. German said, it is a profession all of its own because you are dealing with the lives of people. And you need to go out, and if that means getting another degree, getting a master's degree, and just killing it during your master's program, then that's what it takes. And it might be a couple more years, but in the end, showing that dedication and proving not only to the admissions committees, but proving to yourself that this is what you want to do and you're willing to sacrifice and you're willing to put others before yourself, then you are ready to go to medical school. And I think that's that's what Dr. German's driving home about delaying gratification and, and putting others before yourself. So uh, thank her for that and... There was one other thing that I wanted to to mention as well. The fact that she wants all of her students to follow their passion. I think that is a fabulous concept. I think that is needed with study after study being released showing how dissatisfied physicians are with their jobs, you need to be truly aware of what excites you and what you're passionate about and follow that passion into a specialty. And it may be general general practice. You, you may be passionate about everything, and so internal medicine would be great for you. Or you may be passionate about bones, and orthopedics may be great for you. But don't let other people try to drive you into your specialty and into your passion. And that's something we'll talk about here in the future is the the change in curriculum with medical schools now offering three-year programs to students if they quote-unquote, know they want to go into family practice or internal medicine. And I, I strongly caution people about that because when you first go to medical school, you, you think you may know what you want to do, and, and some of you may truly do that. But for a large majority of people, minds are changed and desires are changed while you're in medical school and you you're exposed to something new and something different, and then all of a sudden these new desires spark and, and new passions uh, awaken. And so I, I caution these programs, the three-year programs that are a fast track into a specific specialty because you, you truly don't know if that's what you will be passionate about uh, coming out of medical school. So we'll, 
I have some requests out to some people that are involved with three-year programs. I'm, I'm hoping to bring them to you guys. If you want to call in and, and leave a question like Laura did, please do. The number is 617-410-6747. We'll play it here on the podcast. We'll give you an answer. Not just you, but everybody. And that's the one thing that, that I want to strive for here is is the fact that there is no this isn't a competition. So if you email me a question and, and I want to have everybody hear the answer, then I'll ask you to call it in. And uh, I think that sharing the knowledge is, is what will make every, everybody better in the end. So I think that's it for today. I do hope that the information provided will help better guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Make sure to join us next time here at the Medical School Headquarters.